0: Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Javon Fraser, CEO of Maestro Media and former VP of Games Marketing at Marvel Entertainment. Maestro Media currently has a campaign for Hello Kitty Day at the Park on Kickstarter. Javon, welcome to the Binge. How you doing, sir?
1: Yeah, man, I got my hello kitty, hello kitty uh, pink on right now. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I just you, noticed you got, that actually. <laughs> you got me with like literally, like you know, almost we're getting close to that final 48 hour push, and so I think I'm wearing pink every day. And <laughs> oh yeah, until you, it's you, over. that's why I got the. Everyone needs just to pet a pet cat. Right? <laughs> I got the hat on because I you know and I got a little bit of scruff because you know anyone that's done a Kickstarter knows that we're in the thick of it. but I just really really appreciate the uh, um, uh, the opportunity to kind of speak with uh, you and, and yeah everyone out there that's listening.
0: It was a natural because <laughs> uh, we met at at Essen and had some uh, uh, some drinks at the long pack uh, party there and uh, i got a little bit of your backstory and i was like wow this i gotta get this guy <laughs> on the podcast man this is an amazing story so we are going to jump into it quick so let's jump back to like i don't know how far back we go marvel do you want to start out marvel like what was that all about
1: let's go way way back man all let's right go like let's go like seven-year-old Javon. how about that right <laughs> like and and, and and like seven-year-old Javon's like literally the uh the number one thing i wanted in life was like uh a spider-man amazing spider-man subscription for the comic and like you had to uh, you know and i think at that time a a subscription annual subscription to amazing spider-man was about 12 bucks and and i thought that was like if i could just get an annual subscription to amazing spider-man like my life would be complete that was like my whole uh goal in life and so uh getting a chance to work at marvel uh early on in my career uh, was really like a dream come true uh, and to be able to kind of work in publishing. I started off in um, publishing and custom publishing instead of like uh, Spider Man swinging on webs. So you take like an Amtrak train and yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and we sell these custom books uh, to like Amtrak or different partners uh, that work with us to you know kind of integrate their brands in very organic ways into the comics. And then uh, I worked in consumer products, obviously. Um, literally, you know, uh, worked in consumer Products and worked on, uh, you know, various campaigns with very big, uh, you know, uh, retail partners and went to my first printing press and did all kind of stuff. And that kind oh, of was the, cool. the next of the career. And then and then literally um, after that, you know, uh, moved uh, working um, kind of in the Marvel Studios early days and working in theatrical on the Iron Man, you know, one uh, film in the Hulk uh then worked in television and so let me in- just let me pause right so we worked on
0: iron man and the Hulk. He can't just like throw that out there and move oh, on. Sorry. dude <laughs> <I'm>
1: sorry <laughs> that is huge
0: what did you do was it part of the the marketing side or what did you do for those yeah two?
1: yeah in the early days of marvel students i think everyone did everything um but but for me um i was working on the consumer products side and so working with um the consumer products team um and, and then uh ended up working with um uh, Jeffrey Amer, who was the head of marketing for um, theatrical for Iron Man 1 and kind of kind of worked uh, with him and underneath him, you know, rest in peace. Just an amazing, yeah. uh, legendary studio executive and him and Tom Sherrick, another person that I passed away as well. Those those guys worked on like the original Star Wars. I mean, they're legends, right? And so I got a chance to work under these guys. You know, this guy that like I graduated from business school in NYU Stern and like literally went from like that to like I'm on the back of like the golf cart you know, racing across the Paramount campus. Right? That's crazy. It was amazing. And so just uh, amazing early days that, uh, you know, I, I was just a, a huge fan and am a huge fan of, you know, pop culture, in gaming and in brands and comics um and so I had a very great career um getting a chance to work in all areas of media entertainment at marvel obviously um you know the story of iron man was you know it, it was uh just amazing to see that you know people in the beginning they didn't know who this character was people didn't believe in the character yeah and uh the marvel studios really uh, put together an amazing launch film we all know in campaign uh, not only for Iron Man but all the entire road to the Avengers right and so yeah you know obviously these characters are in the zeitgeist right now that frankly you know uh Thor and Captain America and all these characters are in the zeitgeist now like Gardens of the Galaxy they're like everyone understands but at the time it was like what are you guys doing right who are these characters <laughs> and, oh, know. and frankly uh that really shaped uh my career because uh just being able to be there um you know with you know legends in the space uh obviously kevin feige and all those people that you know um were there at the time and marvel studios was really like really small in the beginning yeah. and so and so actually getting a chance to kind of see the formation of of this um you know um powerhouse studio today i mean this is 2000 and you know, seven back in the day. And so yeah. like, you know, this, this is, this is the, the Nexus. And I think that really um, shaped a lot of my values uh, in the entertainment space because frankly, I got a chance to see, you know, people taking risks and people being passionate about IPs and brands and, and the success they had and sticking to their guns. And, and then that, that really, I think is the foundation for who I am today.
0: I got to imagine like it, at that time, looking around and when you're talking about, you know, going across the, you know, the studio a lot and so forth, there have been moments when you would just, I imagine, just kind of pause and be like, wow, is this, this can't be real. Right. Like it's like, it just feels <laughs> like when you are, are you in it or you just get too caught up in the work at the moment and it's not till afterwards you look back and, and fully appreciate it.
1: I think it's very similar to like, like, you know, uh, when you're an adult and you look back at childhood, right. And, 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 and you're like, Oh man, I really had a great. I could just you know, <laughs> eat candy and, <laughs> and play video. Okay. Well, I do stuff. I, I guess I do that now. So, <laughs> but no, I think, no, I, I think in the early days, yeah. I mean, I worked uh, extremely hard, um, but definitely was appreciative in in and, and, and very uh, um, uh, thankful for the opportunity to kind of, see it at the Nexus. And, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, based upon, uh, you know, my abilities, I was able to go and work in different departments, which I think was really great, you know, to kind of start off in comic, comic books and then, um, you know, go all the way to video games, two of my like biggest passions in the world were comic books and video games. And so to be able to have that career trajectory, um, to go, um, from comic books to, you know, consumer products, which is you know, i a huge toy. But you can see behind me are things I've yeah. made. I'm a huge toy guy, and so um, just based upon you know my abilities and um, you know the value they had for me within the company, being able to kind of go to different departments and work with different um, legends in the space and, and kind of round out my abilities was was tremendous, and uh, definitely something I bring to my stream media today is is a you know a, a diverse knowledge of you know different areas of the business from you know consumer products through marketing through you know content because we're obviously doing a lot of that now and so there's there's a lot of things that um you know I bring with me from that but yeah definitely uh I think I think now uh looking back at some of the stories because obviously <laughs> uh you know it just this just, just just very uh, appreciative of the time and and definitely reflective have a stronger appreciation of, of definitely um my time at marvel for sure i can
0: imagine and then from there as in basically heading the the games division over to or the games marketing over to then studio 71 i believe it was what was it called
1: yeah so yeah. like the the thesis the thesis at studio 71 was basically um because we had seen uh at marvel the creation of different ips and, and and not only just the creation like not the creation but obviously these these brands are have been around for a long time but the uh, reinvigoration of brands through um you know uh film and television consumer products right and so obviously the, these brands are now not only just huge uh movies but huge consumer products and television and evergreen brands and so um conceptually the um the idea was at cd 71 was working on like working in the same way with digital creators and so um i really uh, started um their overall kind of product manufacturing business Um, i went to like seven factories in china in like seven days that's that's a podcast we could take you know five years (laughs) you can imagine like it was we we had uh we had launched a thing called the um guava juice box which is a, a toy subscription box with a creator named guava juice he's a amazing digital creator and these things were just selling out like crazy like it, really, it were just not and so it was like oh I gotta go to China and figure this out and we literally uh um built you know um uh, a significant you know consumer products slash games business um at 271 uh, but I launched a variety of different things it wasn't just uh consumer, consumer product. it wasn't just like merchandising it we did like we did everything like t-shirts and hoodies and backpacks and (laughs) everything that you know we we had an idea for we even did a lipstick line we did swimsuits (laughs) we did all kind of stuff and I think that um was an amazing time uh you know in in my career just to be able to kind of um you know any idea that we could come up with you know as long as it was commercially viable we were able to kind of chase it down and build it and I think Um, Where that landed was uh, in 2016, we did a game called Joking Hazard um, with the guys, Sinai and Happiness. And, um, you know, that thing did $3.2 million in 30 days. And it was like, oh, my God. Uh, And I had the most fun I think I've um, ever had with um, kind of, uh, you know, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Kind of the direct fan feedback through Kickstarter. We were literally making stuff up as we went, right? Like we were like, okay, we've got the standard game. What about the red box? What about the wooden box? We were doing all these things on the Kickstarter. We're getting direct fan feedback, which was translating into sales and, and, and affinity. And the fans were, were, were making the game better and better uh, for the fans. And and that was like, wow, this is amazing. This is, this is you know, the power of the platform, the power of crowdfunding. And I was like, this is something I really want to dive into. And um it really kind of uh, led to kind of where we are today.
0: That's amazing. And then uh, Maestro Media. Then, so the decision to, to to start Maestro Media is it was it more to kind of lean more in that direction then with kind of this whole Kickstarter path or uh, was it much more than that?
1: Yeah, I think I think Maestro Media is really um, not just Kickstarter. It's about really making product with um, crowd sentiment and mm. really that idea of uh crowdsourcing the product i think if you look at you know you know our most successful products with you know binding of isaac and and you know both one and two really is that spirit i think a lot of kickstarter campaigns are kind of like the traditional pre-order where like everything's already like done and like you go on the campaign and it's just like you're just basically pre-ordering which is okay I think what we do on our campaigns is like, look, we want to hear from the fans and you guys are the ones that are purchasing this thing. And we want to use Kickstarter for the way that it's intended and make sure that um, we're, we're giving you the things that you want. So like, we'll put up the rule book or we'll put up the, you know, early, early. I mean, when we, when we first launched uh, the binding of Isaac, like nothing was done. Like, like, like literally it was like, we had some cards, we had gameplay, um, but, like, we were like, hey, guys, we're really bringing you um, uh, The Binding of Isaac. And, and Edmund Macmillan is just the most amazing creator. I think that was a big impetus, too, was, like, working with amazing creators and, and talent. And Edmund McMillan's one of the most amazing um, creators I've ever worked with, one of the most amazing people I've ever worked with. And, like, literally, I remember, like, we were at his house with The Binding of Isaac before we did the Kickstarter, and like we're like counting we had like i had to go to the bank and get like rolls of pennies (laughs) like because like because we were like he had pennies and I was in the production development process like we're like getting pennies like we were literally like we were product deving the game and and i think that like um uh when we launched on kickstarter it was very much in that same state of like hey this is what we believe the game is this will believe we believe you guys like let us know right and and we developed the game um with them during that process which i think was um incredible and phenomenal i'll tell you a story sorry um just to kind of bring home that point yeah we 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 launched the kick the original binding wise kickstarter in june or i think june of 2000 18 and we were delivering in in by by the holidays that was the promise which is anyone knows on kickstarter that's an insane that's
0: insane especially for a game that wasn't complete
1: yes especially for a game that wasn't complete that you know at the level that we (laughs) the amount of backers and games we had to produce uh there were a lot of trips to china in between so how'd you pull that off (laughs) so
0: when you have a game that's not fully complete i mean that's you're you're talking like six months like that's insane in terms of uh turnarounds right what levers did you have at your disposal to help kind of shortcut a lot of the the development cycle there
1: the fans a hundred percent so so what we did was we literally had like 400 cards for that game and we're like okay look guys like there's no way we can edit all these cards in time (laughs) like to get we want to get this thing to you guys by the holidays right and there's no way we can get these 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 this game to you in time and so we put up a spoiler site of all the cards like like and we just had the fans help us edit and it was just amazing like the fans the fans helped us edit all the cards so that we can meet the print and delivery deadline and so like you know hats off to edmund McMillan, his amazing community of fans but like that really uh is a testament to what we're talking about like how like going to the fans to actually um you know make and deliver the game and I, and I think a lot of kickstarters have gotten away from that I, I think i think there's a lot of been a lot of uh concern with people delivering and things like that and so people yeah. have kind of gone to the platform with kind of a pre-order models like oh this is already baked you're just pre-ordering it and by pre-ordering you get like an extra figure or whatever that's cool but yeah. like we, we we went to the campaign where we go on kickstarter are we going to crowdfunding platform we're like hey no, 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 this is the, the platform is basically like, let's bring an idea. And you guys help us to, um, you know, bring that idea to life in the best way that you see fit as, as the purchaser and consumer. And I think that's a lot of trust on behalf of both parties. Right. <laughs> and so, I, but I think that's really the magic of the platform. And if you look at, um, you know, the second binding of Isaac which is one of the most successful campaigns of all time on the platform. You know we did six point seven million dollars in thirty days, and it was very much that, like it was like, hey, we're coming out again. We're doing an expansion to the game that you already guys have gotten and you guys love. And it's like, okay, we want to give you guys everything and give you guys more. What would you like? <laughs> like we yeah. were doing Twitter polls and things like that, and uh, and and just asking the fans, and the fans responded in that way. And um, I mean. Um, you know, we, we did so many things. I mean, Edmund McMillan did a bathwater tear, for God's sake, <laughs> the fans are <laughs> Like, we just did all kind of crazy fun stuff. And it was, like, the most joyous, amazing time. And I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest moments of my life, uh, and, and I, I don't say this very casually, was, like, uh, me and Edmund on the last day of the campaign, I like, I, we, we, we live-streamed together. Uh, his daughter... I was sitting on his lap my daughter was sitting on my lap and we were like watching the fans as we crossed that 6.7 million seven million dollar mark together and it it really like solidified um really the bond between you know what we were doing in the community and everyone was just so supportive yeah. of what we we're doing and so it's awesome to have that game out there uh in the wild and on shelves and now localized i think in about 12 different languages and so It's, it's just been a a wild ride.
0: Hopefully it answered
1: your question. Yeah, no, that's, oh
0: my gosh, that's amazing. And with with Hello Kitty, which is your newest campaign, uh, how long have you guys been working on that? Is that something that's just kind of been uh, like a, like a short kind of run as well? Or is it something you've been thinking about for a while there?
1: No, I, I think we've taken a long time with Hello Kitty because we wanted to get it right. I think, yeah. um, you know, we have Roberta Taylor, who's the amazing uh, designer of Hello Kitty, and she did uh, Creature Comforts, um, I believe, too, right? Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely, right. We're very uh, a game that I love, and a, game that a lot of people love, and so I think having a um, you know a designer of that caliber, which is something that we're trying to do with our company overall. If you, um, um we're, we're working with the top designers. Um, obviously yeah. we've got um you know great people that work for the company and, and uh, daryl andrews who won you know game innovator of the year a couple of years ago back and we've got people john gilmore and bobby west and all these designers that work for maestro and working with other uh you know amazing designers to bring it in so i think yeah we we worked with the for a long time to kind of come up with a concept that was bespoke uh for hello kitty that is another thing that we do we do bespoke concepts So it's not sure. like hey we're just throwing it on a version of a game that's out there it's like no we, we built like what would a Hello Kitty game be and and we you know Hello Kitty there in the park and you know she's having fun doing her things and she's high-fiving her friends <laughs> like it was it was really it's really just an amazing fun game that me and my daughters love to play my daughters are the hardest critics of all time and if they love it then <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> in
0: a case like this did you go and secure the license first before any work was done or did you do a rough concept first then go get the licensing rights or how did that process work
1: i think half and half right i think i think we 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 were definitely into hello kitty um yeah like i said I, i've got two daughters and so um you know uh obviously they kind of guide a lot of stuff that um you know i do with regards to um, product development because I love them being a part of the process frankly and so I knew I mean, Hello Kitty is one of the top brands in the, on the planet right I mean it's like I mean uh, it's top time brand in the world and definitely a fan of Hello Kitty and definitely a fan of uh, you know working with brands that have amazing fans and so it was something that we wanted to get with and I think we put together kind of initial ideas of what we thought and and and, uh, and, and, and the Hello Kitty team loved it and so um that's how it kind of came together which was really great and so we've been working with them on kind of uh you know uh getting the game finalized which you know kickstarter is you know we're we're nearing the final 48 hours but the other big part of it other big part of it we work with the fans right is that we've we work with the fans on kickstarter where like Literally, we put up the rule book on Kickstarter. We we like, hey, what other, what other characters would you like in the game? And so we've unlocked a bunch of characters throughout the Kickstarter campaign and, and taken that same spirit from all the campaigns we've done in the past and brought that to Hello Kitty as well.
0: This game looks absolutely adorable. Um, So far, you're at 176. I'm going to put this in Canadian dollars. That's the only way I can yeah. see it. Uh, but 176, Canadian's
1: bigger, so that's all good. <laughs> exactly.
0: $176,000 on a target of uh, 13,006. So obviously, you guys are crushing it. 1,579 backers. You're in the final 55 hours. Um, I, I just want to go through this uh, quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, can you describe the type of game, I guess, uh, that this obviously has got I mean, the Hello Kitty, This and the production value of this page, let me just start there, is incredible, <laughs> All right? The animation, everything you guys got going is is amazing. Um, but this is, I guess, it's a tile-playing, uh, placing game, right? And then there's, sure. uh, like, objective cards and so forth. Can you give us kind of a, a brief overview?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a tile-playing game. There's there's definitely def- def- different objectives that you have to do within the park, right? Anybody would say... Um, you know uh with any sort of day in the parks so there's different fun things like eating ice cream and <laughs> doing all the things that's really great and, and, and it brings in a bunch of you know popular hair uh popular Hello Kitty uh characters uh you know into the game as well and so it's really the experience of having a day in the park as Hello Kitty and her friends would do and so it's really really fun um you know definitely <clears throat> I would say six plus but <clears throat> Hello Kitty's all ages, right? And so, yeah, of course. Yeah. Something that I, somebody I play with my my daughter, something I play with my, uh, you know, uh, my, my daughters and my wife, and, and something that you can play with your friends because it's definitely, you know, Roberta Taylor is a designer and she makes really awesome, thoughtful games. And so, you know, Hello, the Hello Kitty brand is wide ranging for, all just we wanted to make a game that you know, gamers can play with their kids but also gamers can play together and so it really delivers on all those points and um, I just can't wait for everyone to play it I think uh, there's, there's TTS on the page so you can play it now and we got 48 hours to go let's go yeah there you go <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the standees, I mean, I love this. I mean, the components, everything about it. Like I love Hello Kitty, obviously I have two uh, two girls as well. And uh, like the standees you have and the stuff you've unlocked and even the thought behind like the printed bag that the, the components go in has got like a full color Hello Kitty on that bag as well. And man, this is uh, clearly a showpiece. And, you know, when I see a page kind of structured like this, it, it it's a testament, I think, to... Obviously, you knowing what you're doing, right? And you know, there's I think somewhat of a formula that's been kind of established, right? That people that have the success of very successful Kickstarter campaigns seem to kind of finally figure out what is that formula, right? And and then when you see their pay, everything from the page design through to how they promote it, and I see you have like the live play test scheduled and all the information on there, everything somebody could possibly want to know about this game they're going to get from your from your actual Kickstarter page. How long did it take you to kind of figure out the formula?
1: I think what well, this is maybe my 12th Kickstarter. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. And I think um once again, starting off with the fans, right? If if I yeah. was a fan of Hello Kitty or a fan of board games or someone that wants to play a game uh, with their family, what would I want to know? And so we, we really work to answer all the questions. We've got a ton of reviews. Um, not just press reviews, you've got reviews from various you know, digital creators and influencers out there. We've got the TTS, so you can actually play the game. We put the rule book up there. We've got multiple videos. There's a live stream going on right now <laughs> that's happening where they're playing through with Roberta. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we want to answer all the questions. because I think it's so important to have that um, relationship trust with the fans. And we want to show people, like, look, this is... A Hello Kitty experience that we believe, um, you know, is great for you guys. And obviously they've showed up and supported us, but we want to be very transparent about what we're doing and what our plans are. And, you know, they've helped us like a lot of the components and stuff that you talked about. We didn't start the campaign off with that. Right. So we unlocked yeah. certain things. We upgraded the bag. We upgraded the things. We have a really cool Hello Kitty figure that comes in the deluxe version and we're working on that. <laughs> so I was like, we want to see it. I'm like, we're working on it right now. Yeah. Right. And so we're just really uh trying to, you know, co-collaborate with the fans to make the best experience. And, and that's the that's that's something that, you know, I think, you know, as we move forward, not just on Kickstarter, just our company overall, we do a bunch of stuff um through our website as well. And I think in the future, um we're gonna we do a lot of we we did the unboxing of Isaac, which is uh after the binding or in between the binding of Isaac. Kickstarter campaign and delivery, we did a, a monthly subscription box for Isaac fans that was uh, called the unboxing of Isaac. And it had a t-shirt and promo cards and fun little bonuses and things like that. And it, it you know, it was just something that we did. We did, a, you know, Edmund McMillan did a live stream every month to unbox the box and yeah. just the spirit. It's not just about crowdfunding, but just in everything that we want to do at MyStream Media is just really um, with fan sentiment and, and working collaboratively with what do the fans want? You know, you guys are, uh, fans are spending their hard-earned dollars um, uh, to, to buy these products, especially in a time where um, everyone is fiscally impacted, right? Globally. Yeah. And so the idea of that someone's like, hey, I'm going to support a Kickstarter or buy a game or buy a product. I really, really value and am and thankful them and so uh, the, the 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 best thing i can do um for them is to um you know honor them with the best product that we can make possible
0: it sounds like the the focus should always be fans versus backers like right? a, a backer is just is a currency exchange a fan is a relationship
1: oh well, they can be they can be the same right well it's the I, same but I, I, but I
0: mean you, you want to kind of yeah. get that that by involving those people and having them be part of the process for lack of a word, becoming fans, um, those are the ones are going to carry on with you and know what to expect in subsequent campaigns that they're in it for the long run. Right. It's not just kind of a, like a transactional relationship. It's more of a, like a long-term relationship you're building with these people. Right.
1: Absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, when we did the first, uh, binding of Isaac campaign, um, with admin, uh, people didn't know what to expect. Obviously that campaign was a, you know, almost a $3 million campaign. Um, but I think, you know, people didn't know, like we didn't have a bunch of reviews and all that stuff. Like we were, yeah. we literally came out and was like, hey, we love this game. The creator has an amazing concept for a game. We're working together. Like, and, and I think what happened when you went from the original campaign to like the second campaign that, you know you know, almost tripled the revenue or two and a half mm. times the revenue. I think exactly what you're saying is that people knew what to expect, had been along on the journey, had gotten the, the product, felt the product, felt the product value, had a lot of fun with the game. And you're, you're converting those people from backers to long-term fans. So, um, you know, I think that's exactly what you're saying, but we, uh, for the second one, I mean, I mean, I was, you talk about us meeting in Essen. I mean, last S in for Requiem, like we were ripping apart the box with the manufacturer, right? And it was just because we just, and we we just wanted the quality to be so good. But even in that process, we were delayed on on the delivery of Requiem. We were updating the the, the fans to say like, this is why. Because, yeah. you know, we wanted these inserts. The inserts aren't great. We ended up putting these like removable boxes in there that people loved. But it was like, hey, this is what we're thinking about. Like, are you good with that? It's going to be a little bit longer in your delivery time. And the fans responded and we ended up with an amazing product. So I think in everything that we do from campaign launch to videos, to transparency, to social media, to manufacturing, it's all about really a partnership with the fans.
0: Can you tease to us what's coming next? Like is, uh, are you, are you willing to kind of say what's next in the docket at all? Or is that, is that top secret for now?
1: Uh well look, I, I let me see if I can if I can uh uh look my wearing a pink shirt, but my room <laughs> is obviously blue. <laughs> <laughs> so there might be some uh well everyone knows Smurfs is coming next. We're super excited about no way. Um, yeah, oh we're God. super we're super excited about the Smurfs game with the Kadama team, which is uh amazing. Uh you know, it's it's just uh uh amazing designers that um have have partnered with us once again working with uh the top of the top uh designers uh and and kadama is amazing um uh for smurfs um that game is coming out um early uh next year and so we're really excited about it and uh we also have okay because it's you i'll just say we also have a smurfs rpg coming as well and so we're really excited about uh the concept of a um Kevin Burrup and and John Gilmore um, working on a Smurfs RPG for us. And that's all you're going to get today.
0: Oh man, that's amazing. (laughs) I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I almost pulled
1: some stuff over from over here. And then I, I thought about it. You saw me. I was like, well, let me like, no, let me not do that because I don't want to get in trouble just yet. Even though I'm the CEO, I can still get in trouble. <laughs> well, for anyone
0: that wants to check out the Hello Kitty campaign, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, clearly, they can just go to you know Kickstarter and type in Hello Kitty and you'll find it. Uh, this episode is uh, going to air tonight. So there'll be 48 awesome. hours left for people to check it out. I encourage you to check it out. This campaign page, at the very least, if you want to see how to do a campaign page right, check out this campaign page it is something to see Uh, javon thank you so much for your time i really do appreciate i want to wish you all the best in this coming year and i can't wait to see where you guys end on this campaign
1: thank you so much for the opportunity this has been amazing and and, you know thank you for everyone that's listening and all the backers that have supported us all the fans that have supported us it's just really we're doing this for you and so um thank you for allowing allowing us to serve you and yeah i gotta go back to the campaign
0: (laughs) (laughs) sounds good my friend you take care (laughs) cheers
1: this has been an episode of the Board Game Binge
0: Podcast hosted by James Staley produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner with original music by Nick Smith if you would like to watch these interviews live simply subscribe to our YouTube channel Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways and interesting board game content from across the industry I can't wait for you to join us see you next time We'll i